This is your new English 21 podcast, a podcast made for English learners by English learners. Come with us and share your experience, ideas, and suggestions for all the listeners to improve their English while talking about any topic of your preference, whenever it is in English. This podcast is coming to you from San Jose, Costa Rica, Central America, with your host, Vidal Tellez Narvaez, the English Connector. Come, share, and improve. Thank you very much. And now, in the section, the word of the day, we're going to talk about a word that before I learned did to share it here i thought it was referring to an idiot or so the idiot i was maybe yeah i thought it was connected or linked in meaning with idiot with the word idiot but it wasn't completely at all not at all and the word i'm talking about that is the word today is idiopathic yes idiopathic the spelling of this word is I-D-I-O-P-A-T-H-I-C, idiopathic. And when it comes to the meaning, uh, can uh, can be used as an arising or spontaneously or from an obscure or unknown cause primary or to a peculiar to an individual, to an individual. Idiopathic joins the combining form of idio from the Greek idios that means one's own or private with pathic, a form that suggests the effects of a disease. The combining form idio is typically found in technical terms. Examples might include ideographic that means relating to or dealing with something concrete, individual or unique. Idiolect, meaning the language or speech pattern of one individual at a particular period of her or his life. An idiotype, meaning the molecular structure and conformation of an antibody that confers its antigenic specificity. A more common idiot word is idiosyncrasy, which most commonly refers to an unusual way of in which a person behaves or thinks or to an unusual part or feature of something. This, la this word, uh, idiosyncrasy, I, uh, I, I've also found it uh, to refer or connected to the way in which a group of people cu culturally, culturally, culturally uh, linked or sharing a cultural background behaves or think. So in this way, idiosyncrasy can also be used to refer uh, to refer to the cultural background of a group of people, maybe uh, a city, a town, or an area of a country, or a, yeah, such an example, you can differentiate uh, the way in which uh, Maybe when uh, it's connected to religious beliefs, that makes uh, um, an, an identity uh, and a part of this one, a part of this uh, feature 
a perspective of the, that identity may be, may be used or referred to as idiosyncrasy, as at least in my native language, which is Spanish. I'm going to cite here an example. Quote, there are a number of reports of individuals who have developed an idiopathic unexplained inability to sweat during military and extreme training. And quote, Adam Taylor, the independent UK, November the 19th, 2019. As you can see, my friends, sometimes we might tend to judge the meaning of word without having checked, checked it out. So we have to be a little bit careful and do a little research if we want to use that language in a proper way without causing a misunderstanding and without insulting anyone, anyone's beliefs or anyone's intelligence or idiosyncrasy. Uh, 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 by the way, thank you very much my friends, for listening to your new English 21 podcast, a podcast made for English learners by English learners. Thank you very much. And in the section, the quote of the day, we got this one. Efforts and courage are not enough without purpose and direction. John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Yes, my friends, John F. Kennedy, the 35th president of the United States, is the author for the quote of the day. Let's say just a little bit about this charismatic character of the United States and modern era history. Uh, this person very charismatic and enigmatic uh, character, John F. Kennedy. John Fitzgerald Kennedy was born on May 29, 1917, and died on November 22, 1963, and is often referred to by his initials JFK. He was an American politician who served as the 35th President of the United States from January 1961 until his assassination in November 1963. Kennedy served at the highest point of the Cold War, and the majority of his work as President concerned relations with the Soviet Union and Cuba. A Democrat, Kennedy represented Massachusetts in the U.S. House of Representatives and Senate prior to become president. He was born into a wealthy political family in Brookline, Massachusetts, graduated from Harvard University in 1940, and then joined the U.S. Naval Reserve the following year. During the World War II, he commanded a series of PT boats in the Pacific Theater and earned the Navy and Marine Corps medal for his service. After a brief stint into journalism, Kennedy represented a working-class Boston district in the U.S. House 
of Representatives from 1947 to 1953. He was subsequently elected to the U.S. Senate and served as the junior senator for Massachusetts from 1953 to 1960. While in Senate, Kennedy published his book Profiles in Courage, which won the Pulitzer Prize. Can you believe it? In the 1960 presidential election, he narrowly defeated Republican opponent Richard Nixon, who was the incumbent vice president. Kennedy's humor, charm, and youth, in addition to his father's money and contacts, were great assets in the campaign. Kennedy expertly presented his platform and himself using a new medium, television. Kennedy was the first Catholic elected president. And as you know, he was assassinated in Dallas, Texas during a parade on November the 22nd, 1963. This has been the quote of the day, my friends, with a little more detail on the author's life, the president, John F. Kennedy. Thank you very much for listening to your new English 21 podcast, a podcast made for English learners by English learners. Thank you very much. And in the section today in history, my friends, we got that as of December 18th, 1620, the Mayflower docks at Plymouth Harbor. Yes, on December 18th, 1620, the British ship Mayflower docks at modern-day Plymouth, Massachusetts, and its passengers prepared to begin their new settlement, Plymouth Colony. The famous Mayflower story began in 1606 when a group of reform-minded Puritans in Nottinghamshire, England, founded their own church separate from the state-sanctioned Church of England. Accused of treason, they were forced to leave the country and settle in the more tolerant Netherlands. After 12 years of struggling to adapt and make a decent living, the group sought financial backing from some London merchants to set up a colony in America. On, on September 6, 1620, 102 passengers dubbed pilgrims by William Bradford, a passenger who would become the first governor of Plymouth Colony, crowded on the Mayflower to begin the long, hard journey to a new life in the new world. Yes, and on November 11, 1620, the Mayflower anchored at what is now Provincetown Harbor, Cape Cod before going ashore, 41 male passengers, head of families, single men, and three male servants signed the famous Mayflower Compact, agreeing to submit to a government chosen by common consent and to obey all laws made for the good of the colony. Over the next months, several small scouting groups were sent ashore to collect firewood and scout out a good place to build a settlement. Around December the 10th, one of these groups found a harbor they liked on the western side of Cape Cod Bay. 
They returned to the Mayflower to tell the other passengers, but bad weather prevented them from landing until December 18th. After exploring the region, the sailors took over a clear area previously occupied by members of a local Native American tribe, the Wampanoag. The tribe had abandoned the village several years earlier after an outbreak of European disease. That winter of 1620-21 was brutal and as the pilgrims struggled to build their settlement, find food and water off sickness. By spring, 50 of the original 102 Mayflower passengers were dead, can you believe it? My friends, the remaining settlers made contact with returning members of the Wampanoag tribe and in March they signed a peace treaty with tribal chief Massasoit. Aided by the Wampanoag, especially the English-speaking Squanto, the pilgrims were able to plant crops, especially corn and beans, that were vital to their survival. The Mayflower and its crew left Plymouth to return to England on April 5th, 1621. Over the next several decades, more and more settlers made the trek across the Atlantic to Plymouth, which gradually grew into a prosperous shipbuilding and fishing center. In 1691, Plymouth was incorporated into the new Massachusetts Bay Association, ending its history as an independent colony. This has been Today in History. My friends, as you can see, is a very breaking point in the history of this settlement in Plymouth Harbor. Thank you very much, my friends, for listening to your new English 21 podcast, a podcast made for English learners by English learners. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to your new English 21 podcast, a podcast made for English learners by English learners. Remember that you can talk about any topic of your preference whenever it is in English. This podcast came to you from San Jose, Costa Rica, Central America, with your host, Vidal Tellez Narvaez, the English Connector. Come, share, and improve. Thank you very much.